You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. folks, and welcome to episode 89 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts, and this is the show for January 2021. Yay, I said the year right. I got it wrong the next 11 <laughs> times, but hey. Um, joining me today, I have a panel which is small in number, but very high in quality and extremely appropriate to this month's Apple news. I am joined by the wonderful Linda Goucher. Linda, welcome aboard and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Bart. I am delighted to be here and looking forward to our conversation. Indeed. Well, for the I, I am still in the middle of moving house in the middle of a pandemic. It is continuing to go very poorly. Therefore, I had zero flexibility. So I decided to grab the biggest panel I could find at the one time I could do. And thankfully, that is your wonderful self. Okay, thank you. I am glad that I was able to be here. It worked out well for me. Well, I always like to have you approximately every three months because something happens. I really want to bend your ear about every three months. Yes, yes. Apple and their quarterly results. Yes, we'll get there, though. That's one of our four main stories. Um, But we'll get there after a few few more odds and ends before we get that far. Um, Let's start actually with some follow up on some long running stories. The antitrust issue continues to rumble along nothing dramatic happened but nonetheless two two things we should note in passing um apple has expanded its focus on antitrust in its annual proxy report so it has to file a, a report with the sec isn't it the security and exchange commission correct yes. correct yes and in there they have started to add more information about uh their efforts at staying on the right side of antitrust. They've appointed an antitrust officer. So they're making it clear they're taking this whole thing seriously. Meanwhile, in the European Union, uh, Florian Müller, the wonderful German behind the FOSS patents website, uh, has sued Apple and Google for not allowing his COVID game in their app stores. He is... So claiming anti-competitive behavior by the two app stores. So uh, I don't know how that will work out, but uh, given his given what his blog is all about, I doubt it's a frivolous lawsuit. Yeah, he should know what he's doing. Of all people, he should know what he's doing. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to be watching that one. I guess we should stick a pin in that one to see how that develops. It's probably because I think that will be a, a very interesting case, particularly because it's in Europe. So it'll be very interesting to see what the European courts make of it. Another story we've been tracking for a very long time is Apple's continuing attempts to push into India. Um, So two developments uh, in that arena in the last month. Uh, We have Pegatron, who are a major manufacturer or assembler for Apple. Uh, They have invested $150 on another production site in India. So I guess this is part of the fact that you have to build stuff in India to sell in India, but also part of the fact that Apple are quite clearly working hard to take at least some of their eggs out of their China basket um, and have a little bit more diversity in where they build stuff. Yeah, 
very smart move, but for for multiple reasons, very smart move. India is still a democracy, and yeah. uh, that may matter. Yes, and and also, you know, one COVID has taught us many things as a species, but another one of the things it's taught us is that a supply chain with one single point of failure is not a very strong supply chain. Correct. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yes. So, uh, and then the other thing is. Um, since Apple don't give us any numbers anymore, we're kind of forced to accept numbers from estimate companies. But uh, for what it's worth, CounterPoint Research have released a, a research note saying that Apple have succeeded in doubling their iPhone business in Q1 2021 in India. So it would appear, if these CounterPoint numbers are to be believed, that Apple's efforts in India are paying off. That's true. The only thing to keep in mind on that is is that they're starting from a very small base. So at this point, doubling is easier if you've sold one iPhone and then you sell two. You you have now doubled your your uh, sales yes. in that country. So small base, but still, it's good. It's better than going the other way. Yeah, that would be terrible. Actually, yes, they've invested all of this effort <laughs> into going into India and their sales go down. That would be horrific. It's like whatever you're doing, reverse, reverse. <laughs> really, really. Another story which will rumble on forever is Apple's continued and complex relationship with China. Um, I think probably for the last time on this show, I I issued the word Trump. The -hmm. Trump administration has banned Jack Ma's Alipay and seven other Chinese apps from the US app stores, I guess. Just a nice little parting shot as he uh, pootled out of office. Um. Meanwhile, Apple have released a limited edition version of their AirPods Pro to celebrate Chinese New Year, and they've also released a shot on iPhone film called Nyan to celebrate the Chinese New Year. So, yeah. you know, as I say, continuing to be a complex relationship. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just going back to the banning of Alipay and the other apps, it wasn't clear to me from that article. I assume that they were banning those from the Chinese app store or the American app store? That wasn't clear in what I read. Maybe it was just the American app store. From a jurisdiction point of view, how could the Trump administration block? I mean, the Chinese government are extremely efficient at blocking apps from the Chinese app store. Correct. But I don't believe Correct. President Trump well, is. He he <laughs> he would sometimes make uh, efforts in the direction of doing things that didn't always hold up in the courts. That is a fair so, point. Yes, that is a fair point. <laughs> so it's something to know about. The other thing we don't know, I mean, this is not a huge deal, um, but it does make a difference to uh, because we have a lot of people who come here to visit from China. Hmm. And we also have a lot of people of Chinese descent in America who might want to send money to their relatives using these apps. Right. So um, it's not clear to me what the Biden administration will do on this they may reverse it they may not so it's um that's that's all tbd i think so just to continue i would imagine apple would lobby to have that reversed i would imagine so and i you're i mean there's there's obviously a lot on the new president's place and <laughs> something we haven't quite seen develop yet is what america's stance towards china is going to be and that is definitely going to be one to watch as with our apple hats on i think it's one to watch Right. From from what I'm hearing in a general way, the stance will still be tough 
And um, this is a little tangential, but I'll mention it. Uh, there was news out today, reports out today, I believe from Reuters, saying that China was taking advantage of some of the solar winds hacks to get inside government agencies. So, um, or a government agency, I don't remember. So that's, it, it, it gets, it's so complicated. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I don't think Biden, the Biden administration is going to be namby-pamby to, with respect to China. I think they are going to be, want to be tough, but I don't know if it would go to this extent. So. Yeah, I, I really am going to be watching very carefully how, how the new administration positions themselves in this over time. Yeah. Meanwhile, last time we talked about two new, or recently we talked about two new pieces of hardware. We had the AirPods Max. You can now, if you have even more money you'd like to part with, buy extra ear cushions in the color of your choice. So you can mix and match your colorful ear cushions on your $500 headphones. Or if you have a HomePod Mini, if you are lucky enough to live in a country where Apple will actually sell you one, shakes fist in Apple's vague direction, um, you may now make use of the UWB technology for doing that cool handoff thing they demoed on stage where you just bring your phone up to the speaker and it hands over whatever you're playing on your phone to the speaker. So whenever they get around to selling them in Ireland, <laughs> stifling you on there, you can never tell it's 20 to midnight. Um, I, think I need more Helma coffee. Uh, anyway. Oh dear. Whenever they finally sell me one, I definitely want this feature. But at the moment, mm. I can't buy one here. Can you buy the larger no. uh, HomePod? No, no, no HomePods at all in Ireland. They're available in the UK. And so I don't think it's a language thing because I'm sure their Siri will understand me. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. And I, I even, you know, I chatted Apple's help people on their website and they had no idea why it wasn't available in Ireland or when it would be. Uh, they were quite confused. So anyway, jumping us along to legal latest, uh, Apple v. Epic has continued to rumble on. Nothing nothing dramatic, just, I guess, strategic positioning in advance of the big case, I guess. Um, so the two companies were supposed to come to an agreement on uh, the so-called document custodians, which I'll just call a witness. They're basically people who have access to important documents who can then be deposed by the other side. This is all part of the information gathering stage. And uh, the two companies sort of kind of tried to work it out, but failed. So they basically put their hands up and went, dear Mr. Judge, please decide for us. So the judge was like, fine. Uh, Tim Cook, you shall sit for seven hours of his deposition. And the three extra custodians that Apple wanted, um, Apple may have. Um... They have also been ordered to produce payment documents that Epic want as part of Discovery, which is uh, certainly interesting. And then, meanwhile, on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, Epic have opened yet another front in this battle. Um, they have opened a case with the UK's Competition Appeal Tribunal on antitrust grounds. And their intention is that this uh, Competition Appeal Tribunal would force Apple to reinstate Fortnite into the App Store. No idea how successful that will be, but there we go. Meanwhile, in related news, some of the documents that have been revealed as part of this case show some conversations or rather email threads between Apple executives where they talk about uh, setting up Apple TV subscription fees, of all things. 
and there's a whole bunch of talk about not leaving money on the table and all that kind of stuff and how they can't undercut the app store because if they do it there, it'll spread contagion to the app store. It reads like corporate greed, but then again, Apple's a public traded company, so are we surprised that Apple are trying to make money? Didn't read good, though. No, <laughs> no I don't think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, it The tone didn't read good to me. It didn't read like a company trying to produce the best possible user experience, but that is only their indirect, you know, responsibility. Their first responsibility is to be solvent. Yeah, I didn't dig into the uh, documents on that, but um, sometimes you can take things out of context or someone can avo- can voice a, one opinion and there's somebody else who voices another opinion. You know, so um, I'll just leave that there. Yeah, and I mean, that's a very good point, right? The, the the reason management have frank and open discussions is so that a sensible decision can be made at the end. And I, I often find myself in meetings saying things I don't completely agree with, usually prefixed with, you know, bear with me a moment, but let's just explore this or something like that. And then I go and I, you know, issue out a theory that at first glance I think is absolutely nuts. And 99% of the time, it was absolutely nuts and everyone else goes, no, you're right, Bart, that was a silly idea. But every now and then you say what you think is a silly idea and everyone around the room goes, no, that's genius. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Yeah, it happens. It does. And it's also why you have, uh, you know, the, the, this concept of privilege in a whole bunch of legal um situations right because you're supposed to be able to have frank and honest conversations and this email thread was certainly not designed to be apple pr right (laughs) um moving on then to a long-running case that maybe maybe sputtering slowly to an end um in december we we mentioned that vernet x won a fairly substantial judgment the estimate is it will come to a little over a billion us dollars when all is said and done And Apple said they would appeal. Apple lodged their appeal and the judge went, nope, you are appeal denied. So I think that's the end of that. But I've said that before. Meanwhile, another story that refuses to end is uh, Throttlegate. So in America, it was settled out of court with a settlement. But, of course, if you are Italian, you didn't get any money and you still had throttled iPhones. Therefore, the Italians have filed a clash action suit looking for the same payout the Americans got. Because, hey, fair is fair, don't you know? Uh, Rumour has it there's a case pending in a few other European countries as well for pretty much the same reason. Meanwhile, the story of the EU of the EU's attempt to levy taxes against Apple in Ireland that Ireland didn't actually want to charge Apple, um that is going to appeal as you know Apple won that case and the Apple and the Irish government won that case. Um uh but the commission said they would appeal and they have now done so, which means that the case is now on its way to the highest court in Europe, the European Court of Justice, the ECJ. And sometime in the next few years, the ECJ will rule. And at that point, it actually will be finally final. So, you know, stick a pin in that. This is going to drag on for really quite some time. I have never seen the ECJ act quickly. Okay. Do they ever just decline to hear a case? I don't know. 
Okay, because the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court does that all the time. Somebody goes, well, we're going to appeal this to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, I guess they have like a review panel and, um, you know, that assigns just a couple of judges to it. And the judges look at it and go, nah, we're not interested in getting involved. And they just let it go. They decline to hear it. Yeah, I don't know if the ECJ have that luxury. Okay. That is an interesting question because it's come from a lower European court. Hmm. And so the only place it can go is up. Hmm. Right. Hmm, I'm going to have to do some more civics digging. Normally I know these things because I'm, I'm a civics yeah, dork, would... but you've, you've hit yeah. on the edge of my knowledge there. Oh, good. I think. Well, no, I think so too, because now I get to go spend some time on the Wikipedia page for the European Court of Justice again. Anyway, mm. interesting. Okay. Uh, in terms of Apple HR and acquisition news, it's all really on the HR side uh, this month. Um, Let's just jump in with the big one straight away. Uh, There has been a fairly substantial reshuffle at the senior VP level of Apple. Um, Dan Riccio was a senior vice president, and he is still with Apple, and he remains a senior executive, uh, but he's no longer SVP for hardware. He's SVP for uh, blacked out, or star, 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 or obscured, or question mark, question mark. Basically. He's leading a secret project. That's it. You get to be senior vice president for shh. <laughs> reporting yeah. directly to Tim Cook. Meanwhile, uh, one of the Apple's vice presidents, who are not senior, but just vice, uh, John Turnus, is now the new SVP for hardware, stepping up to replace Dan Riccio, who, who's doing his thing. So everyone, of course, is immediately going, oh, it must be the car. No, it must be AR. No, it must be VR. No, it must be AI. So, it's technology. Yeah, yeah I, I thought um, Daring Fireball's take, John Gruber, who runs Daring Fireball, I thought his take was interesting in saying, no, nah, I think it's VAR. You know, he's he's a smart guy. He's not 100% right all the time. But um, I thought that was an interesting take. So that's I, I would lean in that direction since he's right as often as he is. I would say he's probably he's right more often than he's wrong, in fact, because if he was just oh, yeah. guessing, he'd be 50-50, and he's a hell of a lot better than a guess. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, there, there's a lot going on in Apple that we're getting these little hints of, and the AR, VR stuff, we're definitely getting a lot of hints of. And as we'll talk about later in the show, the car just exploded all over the hints this month. Um, that's yeah. certainly on everyone's mind. Meanwhile, College Futures Foundation CEO Monica Lozano has joined Apple's board. Um, Again, in their filing to the Securities and Exchange Commission, Apple revealed something new. Uh, When they're calculating an executive's bonus, one of the signals that will lead to the calculation or feed into the calculation is going to be their progress towards environmental, social, and governance goals. So basically, Uh, Let me just read the quote. Beginning in 2021, an environmental, social and governance modifier based on Apple values and other key community initiatives will be incorporated into our annual cash incentive program. In other words, do good things for the environment, do good things for BLM, etc. And you'll get a bigger bonus. I think. So it's certainly interesting. Uh, Apple TV Plus have grabbed themselves another fairly big person in the media industry. Uh, WB Pictures exec JP Richards is now uh, a marketing boss at Apple TV Plus. 
And then finally, we have a report that Apple have been hiring lots of very smart cloud engineers, which implies they're beefing up their infrastructure in some sort of way if they're hiring all of these smart cloud people. So that could just be a scale thing or there's a new service in the in the wings. Who knows? Yeah, no. So, Bart, I want to know, if, <laughs> using your expertise, okay. if you could tell, could you tell anything from those articles? about, um, and the answer is probably no, but I'll ask anyway, whether they might be doing something like perhaps offering cloud services to enterprise as opposed to just, you know, the things for us measly little little consumers? You see, it's not really really possible to tell because the skill set needed... When you're the scale of Apple, the skill set needed to roll out infrastructure for Apple and the skill set needed to roll out services that you sell are pretty much identical, which is kind of how AWS came into being, right? Amazon, AWS existed as the way Amazon worked and Amazon were like, ooh, we could just sell this too. So the skill set to run Amazon and the skill set to run AWS are exactly the same because AWS is just Amazon's platform as a service. Right. can't really tell from the job openings whether it's for internal consumption or public consumption because it's the same skill sets. Okay. Because with Apple, of course, I, like everyone else, often wonder, what are they up to? Yeah. (laughs) Which direction direction are they going? Is there a new uh, uh, cloud service for us as consumers further down the the road? Are they um, just beefing up security or other such things even more given the <laughs> the current uh, environment or is there something more going on with uh, because I, yeah thinking about the m1 max and how popular they may be do they want to try to expand even further into the enterprise anyway that's all speculation on my part it's just fun it's interesting to think about right because there's all sorts of things they they could do but it, it could be as, as simple as you know they want they're trying to or they succeeded in doubling their services revenue within whatever amount of years they said they wanted to. So obviously that means they need to scale up. If they're looking at doing more 4K and high high content, they're going to have to scale up. If they're looking at offering new services, they're going to have to scale up. So it could just be a scale thing. It, or they could be insourcing stuff that they currently get from an outside partner that's making them uncomfortable in some way. Just, you know, Apple have this thing about wanting to, to run everything themselves. Right. So, and they do use AWS. If I'm, I'm almost positive they do. I, um, if they don't do, so, they certainly did. Yeah. Okay. And there were definitely big Akamai customers in the past. And so, you, you know, right. they don't like being beholden to others. So maybe it's insourcing would be just as viable an explanation for this stuff as anything else. Right. Okay. We may never know. You know, if if it isn't user facing, we may just never know. True. True. Okay. Now, speaking of all those lovely services sitting on top of all of that wonderful IT, um Apple Services News, iOS 14.4 gave us a new feature in Apple Music where you can just click an infinity button next to the current song you're playing and it effectively just becomes an instant radio station, which is kind of a cool idea. Um Fitness Plus is getting um, integrated with Apple Music 
in in the sense that there are now playlists in Apple Music called Studio Series, which is basically the music from Fitness Plus in Apple Music. So it's an interesting crossover. Uh, Apple Fitness Plus then is getting a new thing called Walk Time to Walk, which is like an audio experience. So you get you go for a walk with a celebrity in your ear, and get fit is the basic idea. Sounds interesting. Uh, Apple have launched a new podcast spotlight, and the first person to get spotlighted is Oprah Winfrey with her celebrity book club because poor Oprah definitely doesn't have enough publicity. <laughs> anyway. Uh, if you are an American Airlines customer, you can get more Oprah uh, because you're getting free access and free ebooks to to Oprah's book club. So that's interesting. Um, and if you live in the United States, uh, Apple Maps has started to include volun- basically opportunities to volunteer in their map listings, stuff like volunteer match and stuff are now showing up in Apple Maps and certain US metros, which is interesting. Uh, meanwhile, Apple TV Plus, that free trial I've had for a year and a bit, I'm going to get to keep it even longer up until July 2021. Um and I think in related news, we have numbers from analysts that uh, 62% of Apple TV Plus subscriptions are free at the moment, and 29% of those won't pay when their trial ends, as things stand. But of course, Apple have six, well, five, five, six months to get more content out and hopefully hold those people up. But uh, it's probably not all that heartening that despite having some really high quality content, Apple TV Plus's US market penetration stands at a whopping 3%. Hmm. Okay. I'll tell you what, what I've heard in that realm. I have heard numerous times. I'm, I am not a television watcher. Very rarely do I watch anything other than uh, documentaries or, or PBS Ken Burns kinds of things. Um, but the Ted, I'm going to even going to mess up his name. Ted Lasso. Is that the name of the show? Ted Lasso is the name of the show. And okay. Yeah. I have heard about that from totally divergent sources over and over and over again. That one is getting a lot of good PR. Um, and I've not watched it because like, yeah. So go ahead. So they need a few more Ted Lassos basically. Right. But that that alone tells me somebody out there who is totally unrelated to, you know, my world of uh, Mac user group and Apple podcasters uh, is 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 watching that that one really got, you know, a lot of good PR. Um, The other thing that happened for me, and it may be a mistake on Apple's part, I'm not sure what's going on, but um, I got I bought a couple of new devices this year and I like very recently with last within the last week got another email from apple saying oh you can get apple tv plus for free well i'm already getting it for free so mm. i don't know whether I, that adds on or i now have two subscriptions i really haven't dug into it but i thought that they would only do that on a one time basis but if they're continuing to give it away for free every time you buy a new device um that's going to mean an awful lot of people are on for free for a long time my understanding is so, that on the same Apple ID, you can only do it for free once. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I w- I actually haven't dug into it, but um, yeah, I got it. I got a second one, I think. So maybe the first one went through because I have more than one Apple ID. So maybe it's uh, that's what's happened. But I use one as my main Apple ID, and that's the one that came through this time. Yeah. So 
not sure. Certainly, so anyway, last time just, Apple, Apple spoke about it, it was supposed to be once per Apple ID. So the idea, because I thought initially when they when they first rolled it out with the free year, I sort of had this notion of if I buy a new iPhone every year, I'll just get Apple TV for free forever. But Apple did nip that in the bud initially. So, Right. Right. Somebody may have hit Command Z on that or something. I don't know. But Well, with, with the COVID year, I mean, yeah. obviously the reason we're getting all of these extensions on the free trial is because thanks to COVID, Apple's plan for rolling out new content obviously took a serious hit. And they, right. I guess they don't think the service is ready to stand on its own two feet just yet because the content they had planned hasn't materialized. It's also kind of, it's a kind gesture if you think about it, because there's people sitting home watching television who would normally be out uh, at concerts or movies or something. So it does kind of win them. I mean, it's good PR points as well. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So uh, yeah. they've also given the Apple TV Plus UI its first little overhaul since it was launched a year and a bit ago. Um, no bad thing. I don't particularly find the UI pleasing, even if I do like some of the content. And meanwhile, Sony have announced some new 8K and 4K TVs with AirPlay 2 and HomeKit support, which are all very much appreciated. Now, it's 2021. This is the first show of the year. I have made a New Year's resolution. I am not an expert in the entertainment industry. I am going to cut down the discussion of Apple's original content to what I think are big stories and big stories only. No more long lists of every future show or every future movie that Apple have announced. I'm just going to talk about stuff that's actually happened and stuff I think is substantially big news. So with that in mind, our good friend Ted Lasso has been nominated for three different Critics' Choice Awards. Um, Best Comedy Series for the whole thing itself. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, the main, the actor who plays the main character, gets Best Actor in a Comedy nomination, and Hannah Wing- Windingham has been nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy Series. And having been an excruciatingly reluctant viewer of the series, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. And it was Adam actually on this very show who talked me into it at mm-hmm. long last, because on paper I should hate it. I don't like any sports ball. Certainly not soccer. And my interest in American comedians like Jason Sudeikis is pretty low. And yet, I fell in love with Ted Lasso. The the show just has so much heart. It's just just good television. Anyway, so I'm delighted to see it getting three nominations and hopefully it converts some of those nominations into prizes. To be nice. Apple then went to the Sundance Film Festival with their checkbook. And uh, boy, oh, did they sign a big check away. $25 million they have paid for the rights to a movie called Coda, which is apparently a record for a movie sold at the Sundance Film Festival. So Hmm. I guess we can look forward to that on Apple TV+. And then in terms of new content that has actually been released, none of this is future. This is here and now. You can open up the Apple TV app and watch this straight away. Uh, Apple TV have partnered with Cam to create a new meditation sessions for kids. So if you're homeschooling and things are a bit chaotic, you may find those helpful. Meanwhile, Dickinson season two has made its way onto Apple TV Plus, as has Servant's second season, and it is apparently twice as popular as its first season, so that's a good uh, direction of travel. Uh, The psychological thriller Losing Alice has also arrived, 
Uh, as has, I think it's a movie called Palmer, which stars Justin Timberlake. That has come out. And apparently, according to people who measure these things, that movie led to Apple TV Plus's biggest weekend yet. So, you know, maybe maybe some of these things are big enough to, to start getting noticed. I guess Justin Timberlake draws a crowd. Yeah, that's not a surprise. So let us move on to our main stories. We have four of them this month. The first thing we're going to talk about is Apple's earnings call for Q1 2021 because Apple's calendar is askew. Then we're going to do something I almost never do on this show. We are going to talk rumors because there is just so much talk of Apple Car. I feel I can't ignore it forever. I've been ignoring it because it's been rumor for at least a year and I feel like it's about time this show dealt with it. So that's main story number two. Main story number three, then, is that Apple used the 28th of January, which is Data Privacy Day, uh, as a sort of a, a reason to really do a lot of stuff on uh, privacy. So we'll talk about that. And then the fourth show, or the fourth story is Apple using the lead up to Black History Month in the US to really cast a strong focus on racial equality, uh, etc. So there are four main stories. So let us get stuck into main story number one. Apple had their 2021 quarter one earnings call. Uh, I think the summary is record setting. Um, 111.4 billion in revenue. That's astonishing. There are countries who wish they could do that. Uh, And 1.68 earnings per share. And basically, whatever category you care to choose, they all went up, diddly, up, up. Everything. Everything's up. So um, let me just quickly read through some of these big numbers, just, just to make us all drool. So Apple's wearable business is, on its own, equivalent to Macy's in terms of its size. And it grew 30% to reach $13 billion with a B dollars iPad revenue, 41% up, with new records in Japan. The M1 chip appears to have driven Q1 sales for the Mac to a record $8.7 billion. And Apple services were driven up to a record $15.8 billion. Like, services is now twice the Mac almost. That's kind of impressive. Meanwhile, the iPhone 12 appears to have uh, pushed Apple back into the number one spot worldwide in terms of um, phone sales, according to Canalysts. And also Canalysts say that Apple dominates the tablet market, which is no surprise because, frankly, there's good tablets and then there's other people's and the good tablets are iPads. Uh, Hmm. In related news then, we had a record number of device activations and uh, Apple say that their install base for iPhones has reached 1 billion iPhones. There are 8 billion people on planet Earth. There are 1 billion active iPhones. Wow. Uh, Apparently Christmas also saw a record number of FaceTime calls. And uh, while things are going good... Seems like a good time to borrow some money. So Apple have sold 14 billion in bonds because, hey, the interest rates are low. So why not? Um, And then we have IDC have estimated that the Mac grew by 49% in Q4 of 2020. And App Annie 
estimates a record 218 billion downloads in 2020 with a spend of $143 billion. Well, those numbers are all big. Yes. Yes, they are. Apple, (laughs) compared to almost any other company, is simply gargantuan. And it's really, it's it's very interesting. Um, On the conference call, there was one analyst, I, I want to say it was Tony Saganagi, who is known for being a bit, how do I want to say this? He's less enthusiastic generally, and he often looks at the glass half empty as opposed to half full. And he can sometimes be a bit um, gloomy. Oh, I don't His personality, what was your word? Gloomy? Gloomy. Gloomy or... or Contrarian? He's the one, he is the one years and years ago who managed to, one of the few times Steve Jobs was on the call because he wasn't on the call very often. Uh, Tony was the one who managed to, to rankle Steve and Steve kind of beat him up on the, on the, on the call. And it was kind of like, Ooh, that sounds like fun. So, oh yeah, I remember that was one of the all time, one of my all time favorite calls, uh, because Steve was who he was, but, um, and Tony was, you know, Mr. Gloom or Mr. Negativity. But um, he anyway, on, on this call, he sort of said, uh, where are your opportunities for growth, Apple? You're, you're going to run out of areas for growth. I mean, he didn't he didn't say that in those words. I'm really I'm sure he was a million miles here. off, though. Uh, yeah, but that was that was what was underlying the, the question. And Tim came back with several answers, one of which was India and the iPhone market, the other of which is products that are yet to be announced, um, and you know, and about which they're not going to hear anything now. I was going to say, T- Tim Cook is obsessed with the plumbing. He loves his pipelines. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, the, 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 on the call itself, though, um, and I believe for people who listen to uh, Mac OS Ken, Ken Ray will say this often, that when you hear a number of the analysts say congratulations on the quarter, that's when you know um, that Apple has had a really good quarter. And on this call, there were four of the nine analysts who said congratulations. That's so that an gives people an idea. It's like a metric we can use to measure, you know, how, what percentage <laughs> of, of analysts say congratulations. That's interesting. Now, right. because of COVID, this quarter there was no guidance issued last time so we can't really say if they hit or miss guidance because there was no guidance and they chose not to guide again correct however i think when you if you listen for people who listen to cnbc or or bloomberg or any of the uh the, the business related press they don't generally compare you know when the results first come through Apple has just announced that they hit $1.68 uh, earnings per share, and the estimates, the consensus estimate was X. Um, in this case, I don't remember exactly what the consensus estimate was, but um, I know they beat Katie Huberty's number because I had recorded that just for my own amusement, yeah. um, and her her number was $1.50. So the analysts together come up with a consensus number at least the press takes probably all the different analysts numbers and um averages them out actually yeah because apple's guidance is well i suppose it's 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 not useless 
but it's not really what's driving the market, right? It's the average of what all the okay. analysts are telling their customers is actually what's driving the market. So if Apple don't choose to guide, that doesn't in any way change the fact that, you know, Tony, Sakanagi and all these guys have ratings right. on those shares. Right. And because technically, remember, their job, if you will, is to act as a check on the company, because any company out there can do can be like an Enron and say, <laughs> oh, we're making gazillions of dollars and in fact be, you know, falling down the tubes. So right. companies are not always truthful. Uh, and sometimes they don't know. I mean, that's why at the be- at the beginning of the conference call, you always hear this caveat that says uh, this is our it says, in effect, this is our guesstimate. This is what we think. We assume no obligation to actually meet these numbers. Um, so this, the, this information contains forward guidance is the lingo is the words that they use for this, this. These words contain or this call contains forward guidance. We assume no legal obligation to meet that guidance because they're the company themselves is in the process of predicting the future. So everybody's right. out there predicting the future, which you know none of us predicted COVID or you know any number yeah. of things that have happened, right? So, um, so but the quarter was stellar. There's just no way around it. The quarter itself was stellar, and often what happens this this time I watch the stock on a daily basis, partially out of just really more out of curiosity than anything. Hmm. And uh, it was going up steadily going into the earnings call, and typically what happens because there is this adage in the market: buy on the rumor sell on the news, regardless of what the thing is and regardless how good the news is. That is often what happens. And I watched it and it was going up, up, up. And I went, oh, it's going to go down significantly once they report earnings, no matter how good the earnings are. It did, in fact, go down, but it only went down by about a buck. And I'm measuring wow. like closing price to closing price when I, when I say going up and down, because obviously throughout the day, it goes up and down throughout the trading sure. day. So it was just, it was fascinating to me to watch that part at the same time the conference call was not as interesting to at least to me as it often is um but much of the rest of the world finds all of those boring all the time anyway so well yeah sometimes you know tim cook's comments can have little nuggets of interest in them and was it katie huberty who actually managed to get tim to open up a bit about future plans by not actually asking the question directly um, Correct. That was at least, yeah, that was at least Gene Munster's take is that, oh, we got, you know, we know, or, or, or he intimates that in the, fr- Gene intimates within the framing that Tim gave that there is definitely room for the car and that he thinks that, that he's talking about the car. Well, but really, to remember Tim's the word phrasing was, is that they, they wanted something uh, where. What was it? Like three things coincided, right? There was an opportunity for services, there was an opportunity for software, and there was an opportunity for making people's lives easier or something like that. And basically, it was, yeah. the yeah. car fit. Right. It was, it was, he basically said the intersection of hardware, software, and services. If we can find a product where all of those fit together. And, and among his criteria for um, whether or not a product would be worth pursuing from Apple's perspective, is um, what is this a product we ourselves would use? You know, is this something that turns us on? Um, and we so know there are car nuts within Apple. Yeah, yeah. Um, but is he, which of them is on, is on Ferrari's board? 
Oh, you may be right. I actually Eddie don't Q. know the answer to that. Was it Eddie? Uh, okay. It might be Eddie Q. That would make sense. That makes sense that it would be Eddie, but I don't know for a fact. I can't say that that's true. But there's definitely fact. at least one that. petrol head on that, uh, you know, it's very high up within Apple. And we, yeah. we all kind of know yeah, that yeah. the Apple Watch was something that Johnny Ives really wanted because he likes watches. So you never know. Yeah. By the way, this is this is for your uh, next time you, you, you're you into trivia. Janet Yellen, who was our former um, head on the um, yeah, Fed? on the federal on the Fed board on the Fed, U.S. federal. Yeah. Um, and is now our secretary of Treasury in the U.S. Mm-hmm. She wears an Apple Watch. I noticed that on the newscast the other day. I went, oh, look, she's got an Apple Watch. I believe so, she's also the first person to hold the three top economics jobs, chief financial advisor, head of the Fed, and uh, now secretary. Right, right. Federal Reserve Board, that was what was... Yeah, so yeah. that's you know, so, that's kind of impressive. And where's an yeah. Apple Watch? There we go. I'm and where's an Apple Watch? Hey. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen Nancy so. Pelosi with an Apple Watch at some stage. Ah, I'll have to look next time I see her. I don't know. Next time I see her on television, I'll look. Yeah, it's funny the things you look out for as an Apple fan. Um, <laughs> really? The, the last link I have in the show notes is the is an article you recommended, and I just want to read out the headline because it possibly sums things up quite well. Yeah. A masterpiece quarter for market yeah. analysts and Apple's Q1 earnings beat. That's a yeah. pretty upbeat headline from CNBC. Yes. Yes, it is. So, yes, it's an ill yeah. wind that blows no good, I guess. Um, Apple have certainly beaten the odds in the year of COVID. Yeah. So. Yeah, they've done well. Speaking of rumours of Apple cars, let's move on to story number two. The Apple car rumours reached new heights. I mean, there were leaks coming out that I just assumed would mean Apple would terminate all relationships with certain companies. But the first thing <laughs> to happen... Is that Hyundai were like, oh yeah, we're in talks with Apple to produce electric cars. And I'm thinking, did you just commit financial suicide? But apparently, no. Meanwhile, Apple have a job posting up for a car experience SQA engineer. So that, I mean, if if you're advertising a job that has the word car experience in it, and well, it's yeah. not a secret project anymore. Yeah. Now we find out that last year, Apple were holding talks with EV startup Canoe. I don't want my electric car anywhere near water. So I think it's a terrible <laughs> name for it. But anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, Foxconn, who builds iPhones and many other things for Apple, are in the process of becoming a car manufacturer. Uh Apparently then, Hyundai thought that maybe Kia would be a better fit for Apple. Uh, Kia is apparently working with multiple firms, following the Apple car reports. Um, Apparently, there's a bit of a culture clash within Hyundai, which is why Kia have come uh, sort of into the picture. I heard on a podcast someone saying that uh, Hyundai is used to calling the shots and Apple is used to calling the shots. This is not going yeah. to go well. Yeah. Um, yeah is Kia, what is Kia a totally separate uh, South Korean manufacturer of cars? I 
I have always thought they were separate brands, but there must be some sort of relationship between Hyundai and Kia if Hyundai can can hand stuff off to Kia. So it may be sort of a General Motors kind of thing where Hyundai actually have multiple brands. Okay. I I wasn't sure one way or the other, and I was just curious about that. Yeah. Okay. I'm afraid my my nerdery on cars doesn't stretch to that level. Um, Okay. It's very European centric of me that I know who owns Land Rover and who owns, you know, all those kind of things. But I have no idea who owns Hyundai or Kia. I just wonder what Wikipedia has to say on the matter. Type Kia into Google and see what happens. I can buy a car 20 mile away in Dublin. I can buy a (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. Let me see. Okay, Wikipedia is finally on the list. Uh, Kia Corporation. Well, it's definitely a separate corporation. Okay. Right. Publicly traded, industry automotive, founded in 1944. Okay. Wow. Key people. Yeah. Parent. Ah, parent. Hyundai Motor Company with a 33% stake. Well, 33.8. Okay. Well, there you go. So, yeah. There 34%. you go. There you go. That's the that's the connection. That's the connection. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I'm just stunned that after the first rumor came out, this whole thing wasn't kibosh. So, obviously... Apple are happy to have a few trial balloons floating about. The other interesting thing, actually, about having Kia in the picture is that Kia have U.S. assembly lines. Ah, uh, okay. So that's a pretty good excuse for Hyundai to hand it down to Kia because if they can manufacture American cars in America, that is likely to go over well, frankly, with any U.S. administration. That would have gone over well in the Trump administration. That will definitely go over well in the Biden administration. You know, auto yes. worker unions, they're... Pretty core Biden supporters, if if my understanding yes. is correct. At least he, at least he would like them to be. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he certainly has courted them, and in the past in his yeah. career, they have been his supporters. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, so I mean, at this stage, it's really hard to believe this isn't happening. Yeah, I I have to say this is. I mean, because I have a friend, a close friend, who will make this comment always. So for his benefit, I will simply say that they're <clears throat> the story about them advertising for a car experience SQA engineer mm-hmm. could still be related to CarPlay could still be related to Apple doing something, some kind of a, a software um, intersection with elect, uh, automated driving or, <clears throat> or, or cars uh, selling software to the manufacturers rather than having them do it themselves, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I have a friend who will consistently make that point. So I'll do that. And I would agree Which, because even if we take, even if we take it for granted that, okay, it is going to be an actual car built by Kia for Apple. I'm still not convinced that means Apple are selling anything to you and me. Mm, I am, I am, right. I, I continue to be a believer in the concept of car as a service. Or transport as a service, even more mm-hmm. generically. And, you know, Apple would be in a good position to offer that. So you would simply subscribe to having mobility. And as and when you need to get from A to B, you tap a few taps on your iPhone and a car appears. You get in it, it takes you where you want to go, and then it goes off and deals with someone else. I mean, there is a lot, a lot to be said for that model. And Apple would be in an interesting position to deliver it, and they would still need someone to build them. But it doesn't mean that they're trying to be Tesla. Mm -hmm. 
I just being a little bit U.S. centric here for a moment, though, <laughs> I have a feeling and especially in California, people really like their own cars. The car is a status symbol. The car is a thing. You know, um, I have in my car, I have a whole lot of things that in normal times I would cart around to the Mac user group mm. and a whole lot of physical things in my car. I have uh, shopping bags that I use at the various places where I shop in my car. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, if a person is living in the middle of a large city, because um, I'm in San Jose, which is a large city, but I'm on the outskirts. So I'm, it's more suburban right here than it is uh, like a downtown. Yeah. Um, so, and people, I just, I, I, I wonder there's a lot of culture to that, but it, it could be that the 20 year olds don't feel the way that I do. I'm not a 20 year old. So. And also if you're living in a dense metro area where right. finding somewhere to actually store your car is a problem. It's, just being it's, liberated it's from that. Yes. It's incredibly expensive too. parking in New York city or downtown San Francisco uh, or any number of other large cities around the world. I would imagine London. Um, right, the same problem, exactly. You know. And yeah. it, it's such so. a waste to have all of these cars just sitting idle, you know, taking up square miles worth of city that could be right. doing something useful. Right. So, But you also have, and think about the U.S. as a country, there's an awful lot of rural land. There's a, you know, there's a lot of places that aren't, very well populated at all and you have to drive you know an hour or 45 minutes to get the closest store i so guess a, apple have never yeah. felt the need to make everything for everyone true you know apple are one of those companies who are perfectly happy to say yeah we don't care about that market you know apple do not make cheap pcs and i doubt they ever Correct. will they're, they're just not right. interested in the 300 dollars laptop not going to happen. Right. So will Apple replace your, what, what's that Ford pickup truck that half the planet drives? Bronco? Ford Bronco? Oh, I don't know. Is that it? No. I don't know either. For, I know that the Ford pickup is a big deal. Yeah. I don't uh, know but it's, it's not, Bronco. <laughs> not my kind of vehicle. One, so. Isn't the Bronco the one O.J. Simpson else? drove to be chased down the street in that really oh, famous? Lord. Yes, that's more of an SUV kind of thing. Yeah. Um, no, whatever that Ford I don't pickup know the name. is. The, F there are there are people shouting into their into their iPhones right now, Bart, with the name of that car. They really are. They, 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 see, they're not a good fit on Irish roads because they're wider than our roads. I think. Yeah, yeah. Although you can buy okay. them anyway. Apparently, yeah. in Ireland, they're so. called the Ford Ranger, but I don't think that's what they're called in the states. Yet again, I type a car-related term into the Googles, and all I get is car dealerships <laughs> between Donegal and Dublin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is not good. Anyway, work. Ford pickup. Yeah, Ford pickup. Yeah. And GM has F40. one as well. No, that's not helping. You're just trying to sell me more. Yeah. Ford F-Series, well, 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 fourth generation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, blind, yeah. the blind on this one. <laughs> really? So, uh, it's just, they're up to something to do with cars. I am I am prepared to put my neck out and say they're doing something with cars. Eh? Yeah, oh yeah. 
So it'll be fun to see what happens. I think everyone has also agreed that it's not a 2021 thing or a 2022 thing or a 2023 thing. And then the rumors start to diverge a bit where there's talk of 2024, 25, 26. We shall see. Right. Yeah. Okay. uh, Anything else you want to, you want to throw into that topic before I hoof us along? No, not on the car. I'm I'm happy to go on with the next, (laughs) the next topic. Grand. So let us move on to main story number three. Apple uses data privacy day, which was the 28th of January as a sort of a linchpin for a fairly big push on privacy. So app tracking transparency is going to become mandatory as of the next beta. You have to use that API. Uh, They've updated their review guidelines. um, And then we have some interesting related stories to a app tracking transparency that caught my eye. So Bumble are in the process of going public. And in their paperwork, one of the things they warn about is that app tracking transparency might reduce their revenue. Which is interesting Uh to see that in their IPO documentation. Um, Google then illustrate perfectly why we want these kind of privacy pop-ups because Google basically went, do we actually need to track users in these apps? Oh, we don't. Let's stop tracking. So Google are actually just dealing with this by doing less tracking. Fantastic. Thank you. Yep. Facebook have finally decided that they should probably talk to their users about this. So they're going to start pushing out a pop-up to their users, begging them to please enable tracking. Don't know how well that'll go, but we shall see. Meanwhile, after dragging their feet for a month, Google have released their first app update to include the privacy nutrition labels, and that is YouTube. So you can now tell how Mm. private your YouTube is or isn't. Um, As well as app tracking transparency, which is very much the stick rather than the carrot, Apple have also released a carrot for advertisers, something called a private click measurement. And what this is, is an API that allows developers to get back statistics on the effectiveness of their ads in a privacy-respecting way. Yeah. And to me, that's important because... And healthy, I am not even vaguely convinced that to have a healthy advertising industry, you need to invade everyone's privacy. I, I, have, yeah. I have always found that to be a false dichotomy. I have always found that to be disingenuous. And I continue to stand by that opinion. But one of the ways that we can prove that is with numbers. And so I'm just really happy to see Apple develop this kind of technology and make it available to developers so that you can continue to have a healthy ecosystem powered by advertising without spying on us all the time. Yeah. Apple then went on a bit of an away mission on the 28th of January, uh, virtually, of course. I'm I'm sure if it hadn't been... As far as I'm concerned, it's still March 2020, um, even if it's January 2021. Uh, Even if we weren't living in these weird times, I have a feeling Tim Cook probably would have flown to Brussels. But there was the CPDP 2021 EU Data Summit, and Tim Cook was one of the speakers. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched his speech. He did not pull his punches. Data exploitation was literally the phrase he used at one stage. He talked about privacy as being one of the top issues of the century. He 
pretty much excoriated businesses built on, well, data exploitation, really. So he didn't say the word Facebook, but kind of obvious what he was talking about. Um, now, Tim delivered a speech and then sodded off. It was an hour and a half session, and Tim basically came in for the first 15 minutes, imparted his wisdom, and then there was a panel discussion, but uh, Tim handed over to Jane Hofarth uh, to become Apple's representative during that Q&A session. Um, and she, again, dove into this false dichotomy of free services. But there was a very interesting moment um, where someone said, so yeah, this all sounds great, Apple. You're all pro-privacy. Why is Google your default search engine? Mm. Which she parried rather than answering, I would say. She went, oh yeah, but Dr. goes there too. Yeah. Isn't <clears throat> a very me. good answer. So I'm hoping that shook some people up. It's like, why are you defaulting? I know why. It's called a dollar symbol with a B and an N just after it. It's a lot that, of money. Pardon me. That may change, though, for for totally other Antitrust reasons. Antitrust reasons, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that may change anyway. So we'll see. That would be interesting. So mm-hmm. um, the other thing then that happened is that obviously Apple were talking smack about Facebook, it's fair to say, even though they didn't actually use the words face or book. It was pretty <laughs> obvious. So uh, Facebook then, of course, also had things to say. So Ars Technica have a wonderful article Every crazy thing that happened in Apple and Facebook privacy feud today. That's probably worth a read if you want to get caught up. Meanwhile, in less good related news, um, a spot check on the new App Store privacy labels has not gone well. About half of them were telling porky pies of the randomly chosen sample. So Apple have a little bit of work to do here. Now, I kind of expected this to happen. Well, I expect there to be issues. I'm not sure I expect it to be quite half. But it's now really important Apple respond because if it becomes obvious that if you lie, there's no consequences, then why would any developer be incentivized to do the right thing? Because in actual fact, they'd be incentivized to do the wrong thing because if you do the right thing, people won't download your app. And if you do the wrong thing, they will. So Apple need to respond promptly to this and start encouraging corrections. Policing, yeah. Policing, yeah, because I think there does need to be some consequences to, you know, we'll ask you nicely once, but if you don't respond when we ask you nicely once, there needs to be something that happens then. There needs to be an example of someone who's just being blatant liars getting thrown into the app store or something. We need to, yeah. Anyway, we need to see how Apple respond. Mm-hmm. Any any thoughts on this? Or, oh, actually, something that I somehow oh, managed no. to miss out of the show notes is Apple also released a white paper, or they called it a white paper. Oh, it was yeah, basically a story. Uh, right. It was wonderful. It was a day in the life of your data, I think is what they called it. And it was just mm-hmm. a real-world scenario of a father meeting his daughter to go to the park and have an ice cream, which doesn't sound like the kind of thing that should be a data calamity. But actually, uh, it was. And the first half of the story is basically all the different ways the father and daughter were tracked. Followed by, but if they'd been using iOS, we would have nipped it in the bud here, here, here and here. It was was very nicely done. um, Very human friendly. Lots of useful information in the sidebars. So well done, Apple, on that one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was good. I, I will say that I am, um, I'm with you in that I have never used Facebook. Oh, and there's two of us on planet Earth. Yay. There's two of us on planet Earth. And I have um, uh, always been very resentful of the, what I have heard, what I've, uh, and you, you, I think, know more, this uh, much better than I do, uh, the degree to which they track those of us who have never been Facebook users. Yeah, dark um, profiles is the phrase. Yeah, yeah. So, so I feel very strongly about privacy. I know a lot of people who don't at all, but I think some of that is based on um, they they don't appreciate the degree to which privacy and and uh, very our, our various countries remaining democracies uh, that those two are linked. They, I don't think they yeah. that many people really fully understand that, and. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's high on my priority list. I feel very strongly that Apple is doing the right thing. I would be very happy if uh, Facebook did, in fact, not do as well and if more people would leave that service. But um, I, I have not been able to convince anyone, so, so I don't know that, that I don't know if that'll ever happen. But I do. I like what Apple's doing here. That's the short story. Uh, in future, when when I try to have this conversation with people. It's very like you say. It's it's hard to make it's it's hard to communicate why people should care, but I think right. the idea and the life of your data achieves that very well because it's so ordinary. Yeah, which of us hasn't started the day by checking the weather, then checking the traffic, then taking it? Well, I don't take selfies, but I know a lot of people take selfies. Apply a filter, post it on social media, go buy an ice cream. They're such mundane things, and it's a it's a very beautiful father daughter sort of a day out. It you know it, it's nice, right. and yet behind the scenes you have these data brokers with whom you have no relationship, just connecting all of those dots all of the time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it creeps me out for sure. So, yeah. And as I say, the thing that I've I've been on the, the you know the other soapbox I've been on forever is that you can sell ads without invading people's privacy because you can sell the ad based on the context the ad appears in as opposed to the person right. viewing the ad. Right. And so I you know I I don't know how often I can say if I want to sell my telescopes I'll probably go advertise in an astronomy magazine because the people I want will come to me. Right. Right. And that's often the case. So it's not, it's, I, I don't think it's, I, I also, and I can't give you a link on this, but I remember seeing some studies that seemed to indicate that other ads were every bit as effective as those that used this, this degree of targeting, the degree of targeting that Facebook uses. There has so, been research that effect in the last couple of months, and every time it happens, I link it in Security Bits on Allison's show because I think it's uh, important for that message to get out there. It's not just right. me pontificating. There is data to back up my side of the argument as well. And that's also why I'm so happy with Apple's um, track uh, metrics feature because hopefully that will help show customers. You know, At the end of the day, the people buying the ads need to be convinced that they don't need privacy invasion to succeed right. in their ad campaigns. And so if you can right. show the data, it says, look, that ad didn't invade anyone's privacy and it 
gave you the clicks you wanted. It gave you the sales you wanted. It gave you the, ref- you know, whatever it is you wanted, it gave that to you. If you can prove that it, you got what you wanted, then you don't really right. care about the means, right? Why would you? You just want to sell right. your product. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So that's, so anyway, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm, I'm really glad that Apple's doing what they're doing and I'm hopeful that that will uh, begin a change. So. Yeah, oh, I said, you know, they're certainly doing their best, they're certainly pushing the, yeah. the, they're certainly pushing in the right direction, even if some of the industry is pushing in the exact opposite way. Right. Okay, well, I'm going to jump us into our final story here. Um, so in the same way that Apple used uh, Data Privacy Day as a hook to hang a whole bunch of stuff on, they spent most of January sort of running up to or leading up to Black History Month in the United States, which is the month of February. Um, so we have earlier in January, we had the announcement of new racial equity and justice and sorry, a major new racial equity and justice initiative. I'm just going to read the, the sort of an important quote from Apple's press release. Um, these forward looking and comprehensive efforts include the Propel Center, a first of its kind global innovation and learning hub for historically black colleges and universities an Apple Developer Academy to support coding and and tech education for students in Detroit, and venture capital funding for black and brown entrepreneurs. So that was early in January. Uh, As soon as that announcement was made, that was followed up by, excuse me, Tim Cook and Lisa Jackson appearing on CBS this morning to uh, explain further about the Propel Center and uh, what was the other one called there? Developer Hub. Yeah, they developer didn't really academy. focus on the venture capital so much in that interview. But they really focused on the Propel Center. Um, mm-hmm. And then Apple have updated their uh, equity and uh, racial equity and justice initiative page. So you can go read more on Apple's website. A little bit later in January, then, uh, Apple partnered with the King Center, as in, uh, you know, I have a dream king, or rather his daughter. Right. Um, and the King Center do these things called Challenge for Change. So they're a program woman in education and they're now doing a second Challenge for Change and Apple have decided to get involved with that. So that's kind of interesting. And then we now know Apple have lots of things planned for Black History Month, which is just starting now as we record this. Uh, so the Mac Observer actually have a wonderful list of all of the things and it's just a huge list. So, you know, link in the show notes. Uh, But some things that do stand out is we have a new Unity Challenge for Black History Month, basically close your ring seven days in a row. Uh, We have limited edition Black Unity Apple Watch Sport Band. Uh, They're now available. And in fact, limited edition entire watch. Oh, goodness. Oh, it's almost one of the morning now. I guess that's why I'm yawning. Um, Yes. We have free screensavers. Uh, with the Black Unity, which is sort of the Pan-African flag, really. Kind of pretty, actually. Uh, And then one that caught my eye, of course, with my other hat on. 30 black photographers have been asked to go and capture their hometown with an iPhone 12 Pro. So basically shot an iPhone of the hometowns of black photographers. 30 black photographers. That's certainly interesting. And to me, this is a related story, even though Apple didn't push it as such. In fact, Apple were quite quiet about it. But... um, their Portland store was uh, one of the stores attacked during the disturbances um, earlier in this in twenty twenty in the in summer, the summer, basically. 
And Apple put up hoarding in front of their store, and then that hoarding became a mural, a beautiful mural. And Apple have now donated that to a human rights nonprofit in Portland. So I think that's wonderful. So the mural will survive and it will find a good home. So I thought that was lovely. Yeah. 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 The George Floyd. I just, I have one comment just at at kind of a high level on the whole set of stories here uh, about Black History Month and the whole thing. It's kind of interesting the degree to which Black Americans uh, set a lot of the of American culture. It's just you think musically in the, mm-hmm. the degree of influence influence blacks have had on American music. Think about um, sports and uh, top stars, Michael Jordan, any number of others. Um, just historically, think of uh, it, there's a lot of um, what Black Americans do that all of America looks at as cool, if you will. Um, yeah, and, and you know, food, yeah. food feeds into that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So so it's just interesting that the culture, and, and I, I think about Apple as a, as a company and how much what they do is stylish and cool. Think about Beats, headphones, you know, just the whole, any number of examples. And there's an overlap there. And so I think that's... Um, that somehow fits together um, in a way that I'm finding uh, finding it difficult to express, but just to point that out, that there's kind of an overlap and a synergy there, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and Apple so, are certainly, as a company, very much under Tim Cook's leadership in particular, trying mm-hmm. to make Apple look more like America. Right. Oh, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is it is a genuine, you know... When you see Lisa Jackson standing on top of the, the the spaceship, it is pleasing to see, you know, black female high level executives extremely like. I mean, Lisa Jackson is extremely accomplished, extremely good at her job, and to mm-hmm. you know, it, it is so pleasing to, to see Apple expand beyond middle aged white guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Je- at I, the it, annual meetings for for years, at the annual meetings, Jesse Jackson would show up, and uh, oh. it was clear that he and Tim were kind of buddies. So that, that now he's not not in good health these days. But uh, and of course, we're not doing a live annual meeting this year. But yes, yeah, um, so no one will be in good health. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. So. Uh, but anyway, just as a yeah, that's a that's a, a real thing for Tim for sure. Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think Steve was against equality or anything like that. I just don't oh, no. think he focused on it. No, t- t- Steve was focused on keep keeping Apple from going bankrupt at the beginning, you know, and trying to build the True. company. His his focus was 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 quite different. But he also was he's, he was pretty good about equality all the way across. But I don't think it was quite as personal for him as it is for Tim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was never against it. He. And, you know, I don't think he was ever hostile to the concept, but it it never defined him in a way that it defines Tim Cook. No, yeah, Steve was a a different guy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the the people of Steve's era, they are very talented and, you know, we all love our Phil Schillers and, you know, and that whole group. But they were all 
you know, by the time apples are doing well, middle-aged white guys. Yeah. Yeah, you know, true. not that there's anything wrong with it's Craig true. Federici and Co. I love them to bits and all that, but you know, it's <laughs> yeah. still good that there are Lisa Jacksons coming up. And yeah, yeah, it's a pity Bozeman St. John isn't with Apple anymore. I, I, she was such a breath of fresh air. Oh yeah, she was great. She was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> she does a podcast yeah. now, though, so I guess that's that's something. Anyway, um, uh-huh. let us round out with a few quick stories before we end the show. Um, Apple have launched iCloud passwords extension for Chrome on Windows and then pulled it quite quickly because it had some teething problems. But one one assumes it will be back shortly. Um, It's nice to see iCloud passwords being passed on to Chrome users on Windows. Since there is no Safari for Windows anymore, that seems like a reasonable thing to do. Um, If you like your Beats colourful, you can now get the Beats Flex in shiny new colours. If you prefer them black on black, you can now get uh, a special edition black on black Powerbeats Pro. And uh, I guess speaking of cars, BMW have announced a new digital key plus that makes use of the new UWB chip in modern iPhones. And Hyundai, our friends from earlier in the show, Mm -hmm. uh, are bringing digital car key to the iPhone this year. So if you're buying a nice new Hyundai, you can unlock it with your nice new iPhone. Interesting. Oh, I was wrong earlier when I said I would never utter the name President Trump again. I get to utter the name President (laughs) Trump one more time. And strangely, like a stopped clock, he's right. Steve Jobs will be included in President Trump's National Garden of American Heroes. I quite like the idea of a garden. Actually, a Garden of yeah, American Hero sense. sounds lovely, so I actually cannot criticize this in any way. Yeah. Okay. I'm, well, I'm wondering if it's really going to happen, but we'll see. I, just, I don't know. Is that like, are presidential gardens like presidential libraries? I don't know. No, <laughs> no. Everyone has a presidential library. Every ex-president has a presidential library. Not, not so much a, uh, a garden, but well, so we'll see. We'll see what reality brings us how do you how do you how do you how do you build a presidential library for a twitter account (laughs) (laughs) i don't know because the point of the libraries is supposed to hold the personal papers right so that future historians can research the immense you know behind the scenes hard work that went into all the decisions and so on and so forth and i imagine you know President Obama's library was very full and President Clinton's was very full and George Bush Sr.'s was very full because they were policy wonks. I don't know how much room you'd need for a Trump presidential library. Well, maybe that's why he needs a garden. Maybe that's why he needs a garden. Indeed. (laughs) There we go. It's my podcast. I'm allowed to have my small amount of political stuff from time to time. If anyone's angry, yeah, look, you got like almost two hours of show before I got political. Uh, anyway, let us, <laughs> let us draw a line under it. Um, Linda, thank you ever so much for giving so freely of your time and for indulging me in such a fun conversation. Well, thank you for having me join you. It, it's a lot of fun for me as well. Well, good. Can you let the kind listeners know where they can find you online and also give a quick plug to the Silicon Valley Mac users group? Actually, the best thing they could do is probably just go to svmug.org 
and yeah, go go from there. And, and if you and join us for a meeting because they're virtual these days. We're on WebEx, and we're doing virtual meetings. So and uh, for any anybody for who's if it works for you from a time zone perspective. Yes, the Earth uh, is still a big sphere, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's also a, a YouTube channel for SVMUG now that will have the presentations. They don't do the whole meetings, but they're sure. putting up the presentations. So you, something interests you, and it's you know, four a.m. in the morning, and you don't want, you don't want to deal with that time zone. Uh, by all means, just check the YouTube thing and, and watch the the presentation later. Cool. So, so a I'm teeny, also one- tiny, small silver lining to the horrible year that was 2020 is that the Sil- Silicon Valley is now everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We're, 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 it always available. makes me happy so, that Mac user groups continue to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's And we get some interesting stuff. I mean, we get some stuff that probably, you know, some will interest some people more than others, but um, it's enjoyable. We have we have a good time. Excellent. And we the learn Mac community, things. The Mac community is full of fantastic people. Yes. That's one of the joys. Like, I was a Windows user for a long time. There was no community. Yeah. I've been a Linux user for a long time and there is a community, but they're yeah. quite different. Teensy veensy bit more pedantic. Teensy yeah. veensy bit more prickly. Teensy yeah. veensy bit more RTFME. The Mac community yeah. just, the Mac community is nice. It's, it's our people, as mm. Alison would say. Anyway, yeah. I have been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie and I was supposed to plug my own podcast before I did that bit. So there will be detailed show notes at lets-talk.ie. While you're there, you'll find a, uh, a section of the sidebar called support the show. I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has and does support the show, including you, Linda. Thank you. Um, You can give one-off donations through PayPal. It's an efficient means to give, you know, $5 and up donations every now and then. Or if you prefer to contribute regularly, PayPal is terribly inefficient for that. If you give a $1 donation on PayPal, PayPal actually get almost half of that. But if you go through Patreon, PayPal and Patreon fees together is like, you know, five or 10% of that. So Patreon is a really efficient way to give small dollar amounts regularly, which is why I'm such a big fan of Patreon. And the other great thing, of course, about Patreon is it's a reliable income stream because strangely enough, my bills are the same size every month, regardless of, you know, factors. So having the Patreon subscriptions coming in to counterbalance the bills going out is a real relief. And this show is 100% listener supported. There are no ads, no advertisers, no tracking. Um, So it really exists precisely because of the patrons on Patreon. So you guys absolutely rock. And I I just love the fact that you are prepared to fund this show. Because if you didn't, it wouldn't be here. Anyway, let's slash talk dot IE. As I said already, I've been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. 
Hi, my name is Dave Ginsberg. I'm the host of In Touch with iOS at InTouchWithIOS.com with my co-host, Warren Sklar. We talk about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. We also have some great Apple guests from the Apple community that also talk to us uh, relating to any tips, any apps, any news of the day, anything that's going on with Apple. Please give us a listen. Our website is InTouchWithIOS.com.